Welcome to OceanFit's Onshore Podcast, where Andre Slade, that's me, meets the unordinary people of the open water swimming and water safety community onshore to talk about their adventures, lifestyle and passion for the offshore. In this episode, I meet up with Dee Greenwood, a self-confessed crusty mermaid who, like the bathing boxes, is a colourful open water swimmer out of Dendy Beach in Brighton, Melbourne. We're here at the Brighton Baths on a sunny Sunday morning, sitting with Dee Greenwood, who's uh, just been out for an open water swim for the best part of, gee, 45 minutes. The water was 12.1 degrees on the little rubber ducky, but the wind chill here would, gee, it would be much colder yes. than that. Um, Dee's a local swimmer here in the Bayside area of Melbourne. Uh, regular swimmer at the Barbs and at Dendy Beach, which is, uh, for those of you who don't know, the, the beach with all the coloured bathing boxes on it. Dee, tell me about how you became an open water swimmer. How did, how did what was the call of the, the, the cold water? Um, well, I'll tell you that many years ago, I used to do um, Ironman triathlons and um, I had done quite a few. And I always enjoyed the swim part of that very much and um, disliked the bike and didn't mind the run. But as time went on, of course, you get older and get a few injuries, so I had to give that away. So I started doing more swimming. And um, then I kind of thought I needed another challenge really in my life because, you know, Ironman triathlon does take up a lot of time. It's like a pregnancy. It goes for nine months of training and then the grand event. Um, and so I thought, well, maybe I'll think about doing the English Channel in a, in a relay. So I reached out to um, Chloe McArdle, who at that time was living in Melbourne and was doing a lot of organisation for the um, English Channel. And I said that I was interested and she said she actually had a spot that year. And I thought, oh, okay. So um, I thought I had to get in the water and in the water I went, which I was happy in summer, of course, in the water. And I'd done quite a few um, open water swims in wetsuits in those days, but then wetsuits off and skin only. And then I went and I had to really had to you know decide that I had to do cold water swimming because English Channel's cold and I realized I could do that and um you know I've got quite a lot of body fat so I never got that cold so that's where it kind of all started and now you're a regular down here you you switch between the barbs and and the and the other beaches and so tell me what the the weekly routine looks like for for you well, usually I would go swimming in the morning. It's my preferred time. And I usually come down here to the baths, probably get in the water about 6 a.m. And it's pitch black, so I have a little flashing light. And I'd probably do that oh, probably maybe three times during the week and then certainly on the weekend. So I'd swim probably five times. The weekend's always better because we've got more mates <laughs> and we get to have coffee and breakfast. But during the week it just... It starts your day off in a really positive way, I reckon, to do physical activity anyway, but to do it in such a beautiful spot, in the nice, cold, refreshing water, in the dark, it's, <laughs> it's delightful. <laughs> there's only, I would say there's a small percentage of, of swimmers who would agree that 
getting up in the morning, swimming in the dark and freezing cold water is <laughs> delightful. <laughs> what, what's, the, what's the appeal? I find it very relaxing, the water. Um, I just, you know, it's, it's, you, don't, you don't have any strain and you just, I can solve all the problems of the world because I'm just not thinking about, you know, anything stressful or if I am, it just sort of flows out in the water. Because I do a lot of, I count, I count to seven or I count to a hundred and it's kind of like meditation in a way. So I, I, I find it relaxing. And so you've, you've woken up in the morning, you're, you're, you've got to get out of bed, that's often the hardest part. Yes, I agree. And, and so what are you thinking about on the way down to the, on, down to the beach, down to the water and, and how does it, from that moment you get out of the car till you hit the water, what's going through your mind then? Well, I used to live um, further away. I've just recently moved to the Bayside. So when I used to live 20 minutes away, I was thinking, gosh, I hope I'm not running late because I have to get to work. But that's sort of passed now. So now I think, oh, have I got everything for starters? Have I got, you know, goggles? Have I got my neoprene cap? Have I got my hat? Whatever. And then I'm just thinking, I hope there's nothing floating in the water often when it's pitch black. Like, you know, (laughs) I have a fear, an unnatural fear, that there's going to be a floating head. <laughs> it's just uh, it's, that's it's, that's not a, that's not what I was thinking about when you yeah. said that. a floating head. That's well, is that has that been a problem? In, no, I've never seen a floating off? head. But there's a there's a boy out there that that sometimes it, you can't see it properly and it just bobs up and you, think, oh, you know it's there every time. But I think oh, there's the floating head, so I call it the floating head. It's like Tom Hanks's Wilson yeah, just floating is. around in the yeah. water. I've never bumped into anything untoward, you know. Ever, so I don't know why I have this um, this thing, this little dialogue going on about the floating head, but but um, yeah. And so you you get changed. Yep. Um, no wetsuit for you. No wetsuit for me. I haven't worn a wetsuit now for ooh, probably five years. Yeah. I bought a new wetsuit and then decided I was never going to wear a wetsuit again. So if anyone wants a new wetsuit, <laughs> <laughs> not worn. But um, I, I have noticed in Melbourne the. Um, Neoprene cap is. Yeah. Well, I th- well, you've got to have your brain functioning because then you <laughs> can think, gee, it's cold, or think, I better get out. So, yeah, we often, a lot of us always, not always, but nearly always would wear a neoprene cap. Yes. Yeah. So, north of here, you normally just double up the silicon cap, but yeah. here you definitely need the, the yeah, neoprene cap. I think so. I've done the double up cap too, but I just, just feel I'm a bit more kind of in control if I've got my neoprene on. Yeah. I mean, you have to be sensible. You can't just say, I'm going to stay in the water for, you know, five hours and get hypothermia and not be able to think. You've got to be able to – you've got to respect the water. You can't just – I always do. When I get in, I never take it for granted. You know, people say, oh, this swim's easy for you. It's only blah, blah or whatever. And I think, "Mm, never. I never think that because I think the water – you just never know. I like that. Respect is – there's yeah. something that everyone needs to, you do. To, to have in the back of their minds or in the front of their minds, really, at the start of every song. Yeah, yeah, you just can't take it for granted. It can just change in a minute. And, you know, you just don't know, you know what's going to happen. So what other range of conditions that you get down here at the Bayside uh, Beaches? We get, in summer we get a lot of jellyfish, always delightful. Um, and I, we all hate the jellyfish, though they're very beautiful. I've got a lot of photos. I take a lot of photos of them because I think they're so beautiful, but they're, you know, they, they're pingers. They're not, like, going to kill us, but they certainly give us a ping. 
Um, I don't know what else. Probably just the jellyfish for me. Today, there's a bit of a wind, so there's a little bit of a wind swell, bit of a bit of surf. So sometimes it must feel like you are swimming in at a surf beach. Yes, it does. I remember one time we were down here, and um, these baths have rain uh, lane ropes. And me and my friend Carol, this is when we first started night sort of morning swims and it was really really rough and so we just went out and we just out at the lane ropes there and carol's a tiny little thing and she got a wave came and just washed her into my lane on top of me and all i could hear from the shore was this shrieks of laughter because it just it was hilarious she just kind of got lifted up and just plopped <laughs> we see that at uh, at icebergs and in, in bondi people getting slammed uh, from lane to lane but i, yeah. I can't uh, picture it here on this day so that no. would be something that'd be something yeah, <laughs> spectacular. It, can, it can get really 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 surfy here but it's usually it's not I mean it's a bit of turbulence as I call it today but it's very mild and so you're known as being the, the long distance swimmer the one who swims the longer distances and just the sheer quantity of swims that you do mm. you've sat at the top of tallies long distance tallies for for some time um, what drives you to just those big numbers? Well, I'm not a sprinter, and I, I, I'm much more comfortable with the long distance. So I can go for a long time and be quite happy going for a long time and not have to worry too much about anything. So that that's why I picked it. Because people said you need to sprint somewhere. I think, oh God, I'd rather you know eat a poo sandwich, really. But but if they said, can you swim for two hours? I say, oh, okay. You know, it's it's. It's my thing. I don't think I have got any fast twitch fibres. People like you are fascinating to me because I'm, I'm the exact opposite. I, I, I go to the beach and I prefer to just swim in and out of the surf, body surfing. When I go to the pool, I just jump in and from that first lap, I'm already thinking about getting out. Yeah. But it sounds like when you get in the water, you're thinking about like, how long can I last out here? Yeah. Well, it's relaxing for me. I can have a total relaxation in the water. And I, I think sometimes it's to my detriment because I probably just go too slow where I should be concentrating on, you know getting made a bee where I'm thinking la 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 isn't it pleasant in here really and so those longer swims you've got your eye on Catalina and some yes, of those Ocean Catalina. 7 swims I, I, yeah I'd like to do Catalina I was going to do it um, a few years ago except um, my mother my only mother broke her elbows both elbows so that kind of put a bit of a spanner in my works but um, I'd like to do that, um, and I'd like to do have a, another crack at doing a solo of the English Channel. And um, I've done Rottnest, which I tick that off my list. Um, and there's you know there's lots of swims that come up that you think oh I wouldn't mind doing that. Like there's one around I don't know is it the island in Queensland that you go around an island in Queensland or something? I don't know what it's uh-huh. called. I'd like to do that. Um, yeah. And I've done the rip swim in Melbourne across um, the heads. How does what's that one like? Because I've there's uh, quite I that's really become quite popular. That. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, we had a great great team. I hadn't met them before. I just sort of thought I'll I'll have a crack at that. And um, yeah, it was really enjoyable. It was very hard actually going to Point Lonsdale when it got shallow trying to get in. That's when the current was probably, for me, at its strongest, but we all made it safely across and got the T-shirt for it. <laughs> I know Grant puts that event on and he does a fantastic yeah. job with it. The current's there, I guess, are tidal, and so yes. that plays a big part in how you cross. Yeah, and also there's the ships that go through there, 
and sharks. That's right. If I was ever going to be frightened of sharks in Victoria, that would probably be the time I would be. So is that Victoria's most challenging swim, do you think? I think for currents it is. Yeah, probably. If people were coming from outside the region to do some swims down in Melbourne, what would you suggest? I'd recommend, well, one of my favourite ones is the Pier de Perignon. And so that goes from Sorrento, which is down at the Mornington Peninsula, to Portsea. It's about four kilometres along the coast you go. And um, it's, it's pretty easy, really, because it's tidal. So it gives you a bit of a push. But it's very, very pretty. And often there's dolphins. And I remember one year a little dolphin swam underneath me. It was magnificent. It was like he was looking up at me saying, hello. And I said, hello. And I was so excited. And he, then he went. Yeah, so it's, it's, that's a great experience. Those are those magic moments that we're all, that's, you know, we, yeah. we're just waiting for the next, the next magic moment, whether it's yeah. a sunrise or a, a dolphin. Yeah. G'day. Kia ora. I wanted to take a quick break to tell you about OceanFit. Back in 2009, OceanFit started as an ocean swim school on the golden sands of Bondi Beach. But now, we've become so much more. We deliver our world-leading training to hundreds of swimmers every summer on beaches throughout Australia, and thousands learn from our free educational resources online. Our Swim Scout directory, available on our website and app, will help you find a swim buddy, connect with social swimming groups, and discover swim events throughout the country. You can also participate in one of our events. Escape with us on a wet and wild weekend or immerse yourself on a boutique ocean swimming holiday at home or abroad. So what are you waiting for? Dive right in at oceanfit.com.au. Enjoy the rest of this episode and swim free. And so tell me about the, the culture of open water swimming in, in Melbourne. Uh, I, I think really we're all kind of supportive of each other and we all have the same mindset about just having a good time. I guess that's the sort of people I surround myself with. I'm not a very competitive person. I only compete with myself, for, for me, not for anyone else. So um, the people in our kind of cohort, I guess, are, are like-minded that they – they do it for enjoyment and for fitness and I guess for the social activities we have associated with it, which is, you know, coffee and wine. <laughs> Always the best part of the yes. swims. What makes someone a hardcore swimmer down in these waters? Hardcore? I think probably just getting in all winter, not batting an eyelid really. I think that's kind of a bit hardcore. So there's just some people down here, like yourself, who just... You just come and you swim yep. and you just get on with it. Yeah. I don't make a big fuss about it. I do post a few photos every now and then if the temperature's, you know, eight. That's pretty remarkable. And, you know, if I see something interesting in the water, like a pretty fish or something, I'll post that. But otherwise, we just get on with it. I had no idea the water here got down to eight. All right, the last time I swam with my wife, Jules, in, in eight-degree water, it was in Canada in, in, the, in the lake in Toronto, and I thought, gee, this will be the coldest I ever swam in. Yeah. I never would have thought Melbourne got that cold. Yeah. And it, is, is that a regular thing, or is that on the, the worst days? Um, well, that's that's as low as I've swum, eight, and that's as low as I've known it to get. But, I've, but people tell me it's got down to six, but I've never experienced a six. So an eight, yeah. It was cold. But it's, it's the wind, you know, 
the wind makes it colder whether you know if it's 12 it still feels colder than maybe if it was eight with no wind so if you're, if you're a cold water swimmer and you and you enjoy the colder water does it ever get to a temperature where you're like oh gee it's too warm yes in summer it does i think so i say i say to my friends it's like soup i say i can't wait for it to drop so when it gets to about 15 I'm most excited or 14 most excited in my favourite temperatures because the, even the clarity of the water isn't, isn't like soup anymore. It's, it's clear and crisp and that's really an attractive thing about the winter. The water is so, can be so clear and crisp. It's just, it's just beautiful. Where in summer it's kind of so many people and it's warm. It just doesn't have the same appeal. Though I keep going but it doesn't have the same appeal. The water quality in, in Melbourne is often talked about by those who don't swim here. It doesn't seem to put off Melbourne people too much. How does it get to a level where you don't swim? Well, in winter we'd never know if it was, you know, EPA says it's poor quality, don't swim. We'd never know because they test it from December to March. So sometimes in the summer we think, maybe we better not go in today because it's saying it's poor. But then we think we've probably swum in poor water all year round, it doesn't really matter. I think if you if you hadn't swum in it like all the time like we did and you popped in in poor quality, I think you might, you know, maybe get an upset tummy or something. But touch wood, I've never had an upset tummy from the water and I've swum all the time. And if it's physically you see filth in it, I won't go in. <laughs> but that's very rare. It's going to take a lot to keep you out of the water. Yes, it will. Yeah. I'm happy in the water. I think I move better in the water. What's, what's next? What's the, what's the challenge? Well, the next challenge, I've got actually, I've, well, I've been talking, I've been thinking about other things that I'd like to do, but I'd like to, I really would like to, to knock the English Channel off. I've done a relay and I've had a crack at a solo and didn't quite get there. Um, so I'd like to think that I could, could tick that off. I think that would open up a lot of other swims to me because I think they, they look and think, oh, we didn't get through the channel, so maybe... You're not a good candidate to do the 20 bridges. I kind of feel like that. I don't know if it's true, but I kind of feel like that. Um, so I'd, I'd like to get through that. And if I if I can't get through it again, well, I'll just say I, I'm never meant to do a solo across the channel and that I'll have to move on. But I, when I um, tried my solo, I said, oh, nah, I, I won't bother trying it again. I mean, I've done a relay. I can say I've swum across the English Channel because I think it's hilarious to think you go from one country to another. Um, but then, you know, as time's gone on and wounds heal and you ha- have a bit of a think about it, I'd like to give it another go. Um, and I- I'd go in differently. I'd go in probably fitter and, and faster so I'd have more chance of, of getting there to the other side. Mm. And so getting fitter and faster is the physical side of, of swimming mm. and then the mental side is your strength. Yes, how do, how do you become mentally tough for, for those long swims and those cold swims? I think I've always had that in me to be mentally tough. You know, when I did the Ironman, you had to be mentally tough to get through those um, events. I couldn't do one now. Um, but so I, I, I just put my mind to it. I've always been kind of that kind of person that if you put your mind to it, I'll do it. I've never been a quitter. Um, I've never been a, I'm going to do this, going to do that, never do it. It's just the type of person I am. 
And do you think that that mental toughness that you get from doing the swimming is taken into your just your general life? Oh, probably. But um, I'm not. You know, I'm not a hard kind of person. I'm kind of more soft and marshmallowy. I would have put myself down as because you know I'm a nurse. So I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a hard, hard person. I can be, but I'm not usually. So I, I don't know. I just think I'm just determined. I think it's probably more my character. When you're when you're nursing or or meeting people for the first time and they find out that you're a swimmer that comes down here in the cold, what what's the usual reaction? <laughs> they don't usually know what to say. Like they look at you like there's something wrong with you, and then I think they think oh, you're pretty fat. So that's probably why you can get away with it. I think I don't know. I, some people don't know what to say at, at that. They think because yeah. you know they they, they can't understand it. That's a, and I I tell my um, clients a lot that you know. First of all, not many people swim. Like a very small percentage of people yeah. swim, and then of the people that swim, only a very small percentage of people swim in open water. Yeah. And then of the people that swim in open water, yeah. only a very small percentage swim in cold water or during the winter. So just to be one of those people, yeah, you are such a small minority of you know. But you know, when you're in it, you don't think it because you—that's your community. Like yeah. most of my friends have something to do with swimming, so. Um, so you, you don't you don't realise how small it is, you know, because it's it's your people, your yeah. tribe. And I often talk about how you know the swim becomes the shortest part of the experience. Yeah, it does. I mean, for me, I, I love the training. I could just train, but I guess you have to have an event to go to. But the training, like when I did my training for the English Channel, my solo, I so enjoyed the whole process and the just just everything about it. I loved it. I love the training and I love the, you know, the fun we used to have and the people and the, the people community. and the preparation and, and all all the things I, I like I like the whole thing, so. So for me that was so rewarding. It was just disappointing that the the end result wasn't what you know my team had had hoped for. I guess. Someone listening to this who's delved into a bit of swimming, maybe looking to get into into the open water, into this cold water swimming, you know, to get all this mindfulness and nourishment. Yeah. How, how do they start? How do you how do you well, get into this? I think they should start in summer. And I think you, it, you have to want to do it though. There's no point thinking, oh, I'm going to give it a crack. You've got to be in, in it for the long haul. So I think you'd start in summer. And you just keep going. Just don't put your wetsuit back on and just keep going. Little bit, little bit by little bit. You might only last 10 minutes in the winter and then you try 11 or whatever and just keep going. But you've got to want to be cold. I mean, cold is, doesn't have to be unpleasant. It's actually becoming quite quite popular these days Yeah. Uh, with the Wim Hof method becoming quite popularised and you know there's people having ice baths and yeah. things like that but I guess I you like do it in do, nature I would like to do an ice mile I have to say that would be like the ultimate dream for me that so I what's could, an ice mile? I think you have to be someone's done it um, but it, you go at where it's really really cold like the temperature's really awful and you have to swim for a mile I think or something like that yeah, well. and then hopefully don't I'm kind die. of picturing someone carving out a a one mile yeah, but no, lane think, in the ice. I think you can just go up, you know, to one of the ski resorts and 
but it's it's I'd have to look into it more. But it's it's on my list of things I need to so do. It, so is the challenge the, this idea of like how much can you take, or what's uh, the challenge? No, because I I have pushed myself so far that I've ended up in hospital. So for me, it's not that's not <laughs> I don't ever want to have to do that again. And as a nurse, how do, how do you how do you deal with that? You you, you get well. I was a good patient, um, of course. <clears throat> it was after we swam, um, we wanted to swim the length of Lake Taupo, which is 30-something kilometres, I think. Um, so we, I mean, I had come, I was coming off a chest infection with that, so it wasn't great timing, but nevertheless, we, we had a crack. And I think I was probably two kilometres from where they like you to, to finish, to say you've done it, which is at the Yacht Club. And I, I had to get out. I, I really couldn't go on any further. And then I remember... I just had to lay on the boat floor and I was just eating chocolate thinking I wasn't feeling that flash, but I thought I'll, I'll get over it. And then I remember standing up to get off the boat and that's the last thing I remember. And then I remember people trying to wake me up and the ambulance was there. So, um, so what do you learn from that? Uh, I learned probably if you're unwell had, or have been unwell, don't do your event. Though it's all very well to say that, but when you've... Again, that's a lot of time and energy getting to New Zealand and all that. It's disappointing. Um, and just you have to listen to yourself. I mean, it's lucky probably I did get out when I did real, realistically. Though people were pushing me saying, oh, you'll regret it if you don't. And I think, oh, well, maybe I won't. And I don't. <laughs> I don't regret it. For me, I did it. I did the link. So I don't, I don't regret it. But you just have to listen to what your body says too. I mean, there's, there's being determined and then there's being foolish. There's a line you have to, you know, find. And I, I don't want to – I'd hate to finish an event. My, my thing when I go into events is I want to finish without dying. I've always said it when I've done triathlon and everything. Uh, that was always my goal. I don't want to ever get to a finish line and then fall over a finish line or, or not be able to enjoy the fact that I've finished. I always want to enjoy the fact that I have achieved something. That's always my goal. If you could just dream up any swim, whether it's an event or uh, or your own swim, what, what would be the most magic moment? I would like to swim around Australia. Imagine, imagine saying you've swum around Australia. You know, people have run around it, ridden around it. But to say you've swum around it would be a hoot, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, someone swam around the UK, yeah, I think, and that oh, was yeah. we widely publicised. We were there when um, that happened in the UK. That was my year, I think, for my solo, and um, it was incredible, incredible that that person did that. But no one swam around Australia, did I? Don't think. I'm not that I think I'll probably be the first person to do it, but you know, someone will eventually. I mean, I'd do it in segments. Oh, you, you wouldn't just do it in well, one go. I don't know. <laughs> but I'd like to think that I'd done the whole way around. It would just be fascinating too, because Australia's a beautiful country and you'd have to work it out so you got warm water the whole way around. <laughs> Not everyone's winter. Well, Dee, I think that little story kind of summed up you in one go, you know, yeah, the idea of swimming and just swimming and just yeah. swimming. Yeah, that's what I like to do is I like to swim. I'm happy in the water. Thank you for your time today, Dee. It's My been pleasure. fantastic to catch up. Those My are great pleasure. stories. Good to meet you. We're on our second coffee now. and Yes. At least we're in the sun. Yes, pity about the wind. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again. My pleasure.